Hey, Helicopter Podcast listeners, this is John Gray from the Hangar Z Podcast. I want to let you all know Vertical Fowler's Spring 2024 issue is now available. In our Spring 2024 issue, we head over to Leon County for a look at how law enforcement agencies in Northern Florida are combining forces to enhance crime fighting. We also visit Metro Aviation in Shreveport, Louisiana to learn about the work behind installing a Metro interior in an Airbus helicopter. We connect with the experts in the search and rescue sector for an update on the latest trends, training, and tools using helicopter rescue missions. And finally, we catch up with the Los Angeles Police Department's Aviation Unit for a look at its training programs. All this, plus highlights of some new products and services that made their debuts at Heli Expo 2024. To check out the latest issue of Vertical Valor, go to verticalvalor.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to find magazines. Enjoy. All right, guys. Today is episode number one of a series I'm doing over the next month or two. Obviously, we do interviews most of the time. But at least once a month, I like to come and do a solo podcast. So I'll be doing a solo series where I talk about employment, specifically my first-person perspective of my journey in helicopter employment. And today's episode is a focus on more so the pre-employment of being a student at a flight school, a flight school specifically that might hire you as your first job, uh, you know, as you get your CFI. So in the episode, I talk about what I did right, mostly what I did wrong, and uh, you know, kind of just my advice. You know, looking back at it, I was 18 at the time, 35 now, so a lot's changed. But again, this is the first instillment in a series about getting hired. Enjoy. As always, a special thanks to Celicopter for producing this podcast, specializing in helicopter evaluations, faster sales, and superb service. Celicopter is the go-to agency for clients expecting immediate results. Celicopter's team of helicopter professionals are the best in the business. Using their aviation expertise, a nationwide network, and a proprietary 76-step listing strategy, Celicopter will convert your listing from Mayday to Payday. Ready to get started? Text HELICOPTER to 1-855-CELICOPTER. That's HELICOPTER to 1-855-CELICOPTER. 735-5226 and a Celicopter pilot agent will reach out. Celicopter. List it, sell it, done. All right. Hey, guys, it's Halsey with the Helicopter Podcast, and I am super excited to just do a solo video today. Uh, you know, I love interviewing, meeting new people, talking to old friends, but every once in a while, it's kind of fun to mix it up, do a little bit of a shorter podcast, 15, 20 minutes, share some of my thoughts, feelings, whatever it may be. Uh, that's helicopter specific. And so I think here for the next like three or four just Halsey videos, I'm thinking about maybe talking about, you know, getting hired, what it's like to, you know, get that first job as a CFI, what it was like for me to get the tour job and other jobs, air medical, other jobs in between, just kind of that experience of different interview styles, different training, 
you know, what was it like when I did my air medical training, the tour training, whatever else it may be, and kind of just use this as like a little mini series of, you know, uh, my experiences. So I, I figured for today's episode, kind of being the first of this series, it would be important to just talk about what helicopter employers are looking for, at least from my perspective. Obviously, I can't speak for everyone, but I have a pretty good idea of what individuals, or I should say what operators, big, small, and medium kind of look for. And I'm sure we've talked about it on the podcast before, but I want to use this podcast to maybe dive a little bit deeper into that discussion. So the first thing that I would say is if you are new to helicopters and you're maybe just starting your training, you're at your flight school, you went to the intro, the guy told you all about the school, and he said something along the lines of like, you know, hey, and we hire our students as flight instructors, you know, that's a great opportunity. Now, it doesn't happen for everyone. I've had people on the podcast, I have friends of mine uh, as well, that didn't get hired at their school. But obviously, being able to get hired at the flight school you train at uh, presents a nice opportunity. But I also want to talk a little bit about not getting hired. So I'll get to that, I guess, a little bit later in the show. But if you're going to a school, whether it's a small school or a medium or a big school, and you have that opportunity to get hired after your flight training, the first and most important thing I'll say is that your interview starts the day that you start flight school. Don't be mistook or mistaken. Did I just make up a word, mistook? Yeah, we'll go with it. Uh, Free flow podcast, right? I, I just do my best. Don't be mistaken that your interview is when you're sitting down with a CFI certificate and you know, you're talking to the chief instructor or whoever. The interview actually starts day one. And I know it sounds kind of cliche, but the flight school environment is a smaller environment. Even at the school that I went to, Hillsboro, lots of students, lots of instructors. But on the grand scheme of things, it didn't take very long for most people within the organization, whether it's your fellow students, CFIs, or even the upper management, dispatchers even, to get to know you. And so I wanted to take this opportunity to kind of share my experience and some of the things that I don't think I did great at when I was going to flight school. And luckily it worked out for me. But I think that one thing I didn't realize as a spunky 18-year-old kid was that, you know, the way that I was displaying myself, the way that I was carrying myself, the professionalism that I was bringing to school maybe didn't actually put me in a great light. And, you know, one can argue I was 18 years old. Some 18-year-olds have more maturity than others. I would say that maybe I was a little bit on the lower end of maturity. I was motivated. I wanted to fly and I knew what I wanted to do, but I had some other priorities going on as well. So first day of school, it's all about starting that impression. And I would say, you know, for the most part, in the beginning of my flight training, I did pretty good. First thing I did was I got a job at the school that I trained at. I figured, well, they offer an employee discount. I'm a, you know, out of pocket, or I should say, you know, a student loan guy. And, you know, I figured, hey, any little discount helps. And in fact, 
Hillsboro had a nice employee discount. So I got hired as a line service technician. If you're unfamiliar with line service, uh, it's, you know, fueling up airplanes. We didn't have a big presence of like private jets coming in, but if they did come in, we would marshal them. We would help service their lavatory. That was always a lot of fun. <laughs> Not uh, help with catering. We do a lot of aircraft washing, you know, just kind of, you know, everything around the flight school and the FBO. And so that was a great way for me to get further immersed and kind of start working for the company that I hope to fly for someday as a flight instructor and maybe even as a, you know, uh, 135 charter guy in the future. So I think I did that right. I think establishing that employment literally like my first week uh, was a good a good deal for me. Uh, and I was a good worker. You know, I enjoyed working. I loved being around aircraft. Didn't matter what I was doing. If I was around airplanes or helicopters, I enjoyed it. And I'm a very social guy. I like to talk. Go figure. And I would love conversing with the other students as I'm fueling up the, the helicopter. At that time, at least at Hillsborough, it was such a diverse culture of uh, student pilots from all over the world. On the airplane side, a lot of Chinese students. And on the helicopter side, a lot of European. And so it was really fun for me as a young guy that kind of grew up in a bit of a box of, you know, not a ton of cultural experience. It was really fun for me to get to know these people, chat them up. And again, I think that that was all positive for me. I think that my personality and my ability to communicate with people and to do my job effectively uh, was, you know, a kind of feather in my cap. But on the other side, when you're working for someone, you know, there's expectations. You're going to be on time. You're going to always have a good attitude. You're always going to bring your A game. And in this case, this was not always what was happening for me. Now, I had the greatest manager of all time working line service. Shout out to Rob James. I don't think he's uh, at Hillsborough anymore. I think it's Code Burkett, who's also a super cool dude. But uh, Rob James was a great manager, uh, and he was the line manager when I was there. And again, I would work hard most of the time. But when you're hired by someone, it shouldn't be like most of the time. You should be working hard all the time and showing up on time and things like that. And I was 18. Sometimes, specifically on the weekends, I would get scheduled for the opening shift, which I think you know started at 6 or 7 in the morning. And you can imagine I was out pretty late the night before doing what 18, 19, 20-year-olds do. Some of those things uh, would kind of make you a little tired the next day, <clears throat> maybe even a little foggy if you catch my drift. So it was that time where I don't think I was being my best self. You know, I would show up around my scheduled time uh, and I was kind of just going through the motions uh, to collect my paycheck. But I wasn't really going over and beyond to be a great employee. And, you know, it got to the point actually where Rob, even though he was a super cool manager, had to sit down and talk with me and just say, hey, look, you know, it seems like, you know, you're kind of showing up last minute or even a little bit late for your early shifts. Your attitude's not the best. You seem pretty tired. You're lackadaisical. You know, it has to change or else I'm going to have to make a change. 
And so that was, you know, a bit of a wake up call. And I tried my best to kind of remedy the situation and, and work a little bit harder. But ultimately, you know, I still, again, through that whole experience, which I ended up being a couple of years of working line service, you know, it wasn't perfect all the time. And I think I did good enough to display myself. You know, I was always, uh, for the most part, tried to have a smile on. And especially when I was interacting with the flight school management, whether I was taking out their trash or cleaning their office or whatever I might be doing, it's always really trying to, yeah, butter them up a little bit. You know, you can't uh, blame me, right? Uh, you know, try to make friends with the people that are going to hire you in the future is, is maybe not the worst idea. And so, you know, I would say my employment there was a benefit overall. There was a couple little ups and downs that maybe didn't always put me in the best light. But overall, I felt pretty good about it. Fast forwarding a little bit as I start going through my training uh, and making it more about Halsey as a flight student and not so much Halsey as a line service guy. During my training, there was areas in which I don't think I put my best foot forward. Uh, and it's kind of basic things, but there was also some other things that were really not good. So some of the basic things that I think I did that were not great was that I didn't necessarily put enough stock into studying. We all go to flight school, especially if you're young and you're like, man, I'm going to fly helicopters and it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be so much better than, you know, whatever school experience that I had before. And you get there and it's a bit of a shock when not only do you have to learn how to fly the helicopter, which truly is the fun part, but you have to learn all this stuff on the ground, you know, talking about aerodynamics, aerodynamic hazards, weather, and of course, everyone's favorite regulations. You know, the first time I saw a far aim, I think I poo-pooed in my pants a little bit because, you know, I was never a great studier. I'm really not a strong student per se. Uh, I think I have some street cred, some street smart, uh, but I, I was never a book guy. And so the idea of having to go home and study, uh, no thanks. You know, I didn't want to do that. And so I really struggled through my, <clears throat> I would say, kind of all portions of my training, private, commercial, and CFI, uh, without, you know, with, with not necessarily putting in a ton of effort. And, you know, that, that really affected, you know, um, I think the perception of me, because uh, as flight school management, as I learned, as I became flight school management, you're always kind of trying to keep a pulse on where students are at. You know, why is this student taking longer? Why did this student fail the stage check? You know, Halsey flew great on the stage check, but man, he didn't know anything on the ground. Those are all conversations that were happening that I don't think I was really aware of. And so by not putting enough precedence on being a good studier and actually treating it like real life school, I think kind of put me behind a little bit. And it's also a reason why my training, you know, probably could have happened in a year, but happened in, you know, two years. So I would encourage you if you're getting into flight school or you're, or you're starting in it now or you're, you know, halfway through or whatever, make sure that you're always putting the best foot forward in regards to studying and doing the ground stuff. You want to be that guy that goes into a stage check or gal, of course, that knocks it out of the park. CFI is throwing all these questions at you and you just got it. You get it. Uh, 
where I wasn't really that way. I always kind of had to kind of claw my way through the ground portion of any stage check and sometimes even the check ride. Granted, you know, I did pass all my check rides. I haven't failed one, uh, but it was never like, you know, Halsey knew all of his stuff great. So I think that that kind of put me a little bit behind. I think one of the other areas in which I struggled was I had an attitude, had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, like what 18, 19 year old doesn't know best, right? And I was certainly no different. And I think that that was maybe even a a larger factor of why maybe I shouldn't have been hired. Again, luckily I ended up getting hired as a CFI. But there was times in my training that I just wasn't that awesome of a person, uh, specifically around my attitude. And I would say and do things that I certainly wouldn't do today. One of those experiences was, uh, you know, I remember it very clearly. I was working on my commercial and I was going to take uh, my girlfriend at the time for a flight, uh, kind of a time building flight, passenger experience, whatever. And we drove all the way out from, you know, where, where we lived at the time out to Hillsborough with traffic. It's, you know, 30, 40 minute ride. And at that time, Hillsborough had a policy that if you were an employee and there was another, you know, a helicopter went down for maintenance or something else happened and there was a student that was not getting a discount uh, that got bumped from a flight, then they would bump you and they would take the aircraft. And so we get there. Hillsborough didn't notify me. And instead of just being like, you know, it is what it is. Helicopter broke down. I had to get bumped. I like kind of made a scene. I was in the dispatch area. I was hooping and hollering with the dispatcher about, you know, hey, I get it that I get a discount, but I'm still a paying customer. And this is, you know, BS and blah, blah, blah. To the point where the whole situation escalated to where then I was sitting with the school director a couple of days later And he's asking me what the heck is wrong with my attitude and why, you know, as an employee of the company line service at the time, why am I making, you know, an ass out of myself in the dispatch area? And that was pretty scary because that was really like a time where I'm like, oh, man, I I really messed up. You know, I I let my emotions uh, and kind of my cockiness uh, put me in a situation that, you know, I didn't want to be in. And, you know, that was, you know, halfway through my commercial. And that's when I decided like, all right, I really got to button up here. So kind of from that point all the way through CFI, which again took me a little bit longer, I really buckled up. I really hit the books hard. I really tried to start studying uh, more on my own time. And I tried to make sure that my attitude no matter the situation, was always positive. Any experience that anyone had with me, I wanted to make sure that I left it as a positive experience. Whether I was fueling up a helicopter or I was uh, you know, a student during a stage check or just a student sitting in the lounge, right? It's easy sometimes to sit in the student lounge and all the other students are around and you're complaining about this and that. You don't know who's listening. There could be a CFI in there that says, you know, oh man, these guys are really complaining a lot about this and that. And, you know, again, even being at a big school, gossip travels fast. So I tried to mind my P's and Q's in all aspects of my training. And for the most part, I think I did a pretty good job. 
well enough to be able to, of course, uh, get hired on. And so in today's episode, because I do want to wrap it up again, it's kind of shorter episodes. It's all about leading up to getting that first job. And in the next solo podcast here in a few weeks, I'll talk about actually getting that first job, what that interview experience was like, uh, what it was like to be a new CFI, and then we'll kind of move forward. But for this specific episode, I want you to take away that if you are in flight school right now, it's so important to be on your best behavior, to know that people are watching, people are talking about you. Management is familiar with who you are and how you've conducted yourself so far throughout your helicopter training. You don't want to be the guy where it's a negative conversation that they're having, right? I came from the management side uh, of the flight school eventually. And there would be times where we'd be talking about a student. And the first thing I could think about was like, man, this guy is really shooting himself in the foot. He's really not helping his future cause of getting hired. And then there was other times where it was like, I cannot wait for this person to get their CFI because I want to hire them. Their attitude, their whole approach, everything is just spot on. And, so today's, you know, take it, take it from me, old, old codger here, 35 years old. This is, you know, going back, you know, 15 plus years ago. Be your best self when you're in flight school. That's going to set you up to have the best positive experience of getting hired. And if for whatever reason you don't get hired at that flight school, maybe the numbers are bad, they don't have enough students, whatever it may be, something out of your control, but not necessarily because you're a bad person or they don't like you. Having that good attitude can translate into a positive referral to another flight school in which you could get a job at. I've had friends that didn't get hired at Hillsboro that trained there that were great students and they did all the right things. Maybe they should have got hired, but for whatever reason they didn't. However, the chief pilot picked up the phone and called a friend at another flight school and said, hey, you got to talk to this person We weren't able to hire them because of this, but man, they would be great for your operation. So today's moral of the story is just be a good person. Be cool. And if you're like me and you're younger when you start your trading, remember, you don't know everything. Uh, It wasn't until I was probably in my 30s that I started to kind of realize, man, I don't know anything. And so... Don't, don't go into this flight school environment with a chip on your shoulder. Go in with an eagerness to learn, put your best foot forward, and always have a good attitude. So that's all I have today. In my next solo podcast, I'll kind of talk about my experience of interviewing for that first CFI job and talk a little bit about that first experience of having a student. And then we can kind of talk about my other interview experiences as my career progressed like a little series, you know, look at me, I'm doing series now. How cool am I? So again, thank you for listening. Uh, This is the helicopter podcast. Now, a couple things I have to say before I go, I looked recently, I have nine reviews, maybe it's 10 today. I have no idea, but I know more people are listening. So if, if you're a listener to the podcast, you've taken something positive out of it, it would be awesome for you to leave me a review. Uh, And in that review, you can even have some critique, right? Uh, things that you might want to see in the podcast. We've been working on our audio and we've been working on our video because some of our earlier reviews said, hey, the content's great, but the audio is not. Uh, 
So I've invested some money into having better audio. I've invested money in having a, a bit of a studio space. So I listen to reviews. So please, 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 please go and review. Also, find us on social media, The Helicopter Podcast. Please like my social media pages. Follow me. I think that's what it's called, right? Follow me on Insta. Uh, we post content. We post uh, our new episodes, of course. And make sure that wherever you listen to the podcast, please subscribe. So you get notified every Tuesday when we drop a new episode. And now that we're doing video, I think this is like probably video five or six since we've revamped video again, we're on YouTube. The Helicopter Podcast, super easy. So easy to find. Go find it, subscribe to it, follow it, share it, do whatever y'all do. Anyway, I appreciate you guys for listening. This was a Helicopter Podcast short with yours truly, Halsey Schreider. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much.